All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Winning at Small Business. This is going to be a fantastic episode this morning. Not only do I have an amazing guest who's got a great story to tell, going to be super informative, but we're coming to you, or I'm coming to you from a very interesting situation. As you can see, I am not in my typical coffee shop or my home office. I'm sitting in my car. This morning, I settled into my usual place, thinking everything was going to go as normal, and then my internet started glitching a little bit, and I was like, oh, man, this is not the morning to be having issues at the coffee shop. And then I hear all this beating and banging going on, and I'm like, oh, man, how's the audio even going to work? So made a last-moment decision here to make sure that everyone could hear me to just do this in my car. So this is interesting. So Ben, have you ever done a podcast or a video before like this with somebody just sitting in the car? Uh, never in a car. Uh, <laughs> I've tried, I, I think all of mine have been like relatively tame so far. Well, that's a good thing. So this is just going to be an adventure, right? I love adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was thinking, I was tempted there for a moment to give you a call and say, Ben, we got some technical difficulties and I don't know what we're going to do. But then I thought, you know, with part of your background as an actor and stuff like that, you've got ingrained in your mind that the show must go on. And I was like, you know, I can't let a small technical difficulty stop the show from going on today. So I decided to forge through. Exactly. Well, and, and I'm going to pause. I, I wasn't an actor. Uh, I, was, uh, I was behind the scenes. I was a sound designer, but uh, all the same rules apply. And it's, uh, there's going to be butts in the seats. We're going. <laughs> That's right. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, very quickly, this episode of Winning at Small Business is brought to you by Villepreneurs. Villepreneurs is one of the premier entrepreneur organizations we love our city of Louisville, believe it's a great place, and we do our best to work with local entrepreneurs, specifically mom and pop organizations that love what they do, love serving people, and are looking to connect with other entrepreneurs and find ways and opportunities to grow their business. So if you want more information about Billpreneurs, you can visit our website at billpreneurs.com, or you can drop me a line at adam at billpreneurs.com. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into our featured interview today. So on this broadcast, I've got Ben Markham with Ben Markham Photography. So Ben, you are well known for headshots in Louisville. In fact, many people that I know think you are the best headshot photographer in Louisville, the go-to guy. So I'm curious, how did you get into, the, into that line of work? Accidentally. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, as we touched on briefly, uh, you know, I, I was a sound designer for professional theater uh, from about the time I was 15. Uh, and then I did that for about 20 years. The last 12 years of my run, uh, I was at Actors Theater of Louisville. So if any of you local folks have seen you know, the one that everybody knows is Dracula in the past, you know, 15 years, that's you've heard me being really loud at you. So. Thanks for coming to the show. Um, so my early midlife crisis, um, my my love for working in the theater business had waned a little bit. It, it My position in uh, the industry had shifted and I was becoming far more responsible. I, I was, the, my official title was associate sound designer slash head of the sound department. 
So associate sound designer meant that I was designing a fair amount of shows in the season, but then head of the sound department meant I was responsible for hiring and firing and budgeting for the department and staffing and emails and meetings and all those things that I got into the arts to not have to do. And I, um, it was really burning me out and uh, I was unhappy and I kind of hit a point um, where I was like, you know, I, I don't make enough money to be unhappy and life is way too short. So, you know, let's shift a gear. Uh, when I left the theater world, I was actually doing website design and, you know, for small mom and pops and such. Uh, but then like somebody needed some shots for a website and, and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'll pick up a camera. I took a class in high school back in 1995, 96. And yeah, I just, aged myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll just buy a camera. It's a tax write-off. And when I'm not doing that, I'll take pictures of the dog. That'll be excellent. And then that just kind of steamrolled. And um, as I started getting more into that, I realized I still wanted my toe in the, in the arts, in the theater biz somehow. So a natural line with that was headshots. And then I started doing it um, and I, I don't know if we'll get into, you know, my progression there or whatever, but once I started doing it, uh, I really loved it. And it's, uh, I decided just to go full bore with it. Wow. So let me ask you in the time. Yeah. I would love to hear about more of your progression. So why don't you share with that? Cause I've got a couple of questions that may just naturally come out of that anyway. So, sure. So when, when I decided I was first going to do headshots, I, I had, that bit of my brain that a lot of other uh, beginning photographers um, have where they go, it's headshots, it's quick, easy money. And how hard can it be? It's just head and shoulders. And, uh, and then I did it and I was a prox like I, I was terrible. I just, I'll call it what it, my, my first shots were not good. Um, so I think I Googled something like, you know, how to take better headshots or something and, uh, stumbled across a guy in New York, uh, was a world renowned headshot photographer named Peter Hurley and saw that he had a training program. And, uh, I was like, okay, let's go there. And so I signed in with that and worked through his program, um, became an associate photographer of his, which meant that he reviewed my work repeatedly, um, and then once I um, became an associate for the day I became an associate, I emailed him and uh, was like, I'm going to be a mentor next. And then wow. within the next year, uh, I was a mentor in his program. So, um, you know, I get the honor and distinction of saying I'm Louisville's, you know, first headshot crew, Peter Hurley, associate photographer and first mentor, which really only means anything to people in the headshot crew. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> So I've got a question for you um, regarding, you said that your first photos you took weren't very good. And it's interesting because so many folks, when they begin to learn something or want to pursue a career, they think they have to be really good at, they've got to be an expert at the beginning. And that's not always true because in anything we want to do, there's a learning curve. So what was it that motivated you or how did you handle, you know, those first headshots that you knew weren't very good, but what drove you to keep going and to perfect your craft? You know, actually, and it was a, when I'm doing something and like, I'm passionate about it, there's 
really like no there there's no stopping me i i get kind of tunnel visioned on things and okay. you know the other side of it if i just if it's not my thing i just don't care i'm college is a prime example i'm not a stupid person but i just didn't care about college and like that's not how i learned and how i did things so i mean you know full transparency i'm a two-time college dropout um <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my, my wife makes up the ratio of degrees in the house. So she's, she's got multiple, I have zero. It's perfect. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's just how I work. It's like, I always want to be better. And like, I, I don't think that there's a stop learning situation. You know, I'm a much better photographer now than I was six years ago, last mm-hmm. year, you know, last month. Uh, but it's, I, I enjoy that learning and that, so I just, mm-hmm. I like it. You know, I, I yeah. like that feeling of growth and it was the same with sound design too. I did it for 20 years and you mm-hmm. know, the last show that I designed, I was still learning new things and how to approach sure. the process. So it's, it, it's, just, it's a matter of joy. Mm-hmm. So is the, the short answer with a lot of words before it? <laughs> yeah. So then you really embody the idea of the growth mindset in the book that we're reading in the Catalyst Book Club. Uh, the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck highlights that most people have one of two mindsets. It's either a fixed mindset, which says that we are gifted with a certain amount of innate skills and abilities. And that's just what we've got. And we're kind of stuck with that. So there's no point in trying to work harder or grow what we've got because it's really not possible. And that's just such a flawed mindset. Whereas on the other side of that is the growth mindset. This is, yes, we are given certain skills and abilities and we're all wired a different way, but largely we can all grow and we can all learn and get better if we put the effort into that. And you're just the perfect embodiment, both of what you did as a sound engineer in perfecting your craft um, as a headshot photographer um, just applying that diligence and working at it and just being driven to get better. So I love that real world example of someone who was passionate, wanted to get better and put in the time and the work. And I'm sure it wasn't always easy. I mean, certainly I'm assuming there were ups and downs along the way. Is that a fair statement? I mean, still are, you know, it's, I'm hypercritical of, mm. of my work and of, and, my wife really kind of deserves a, a sainthood for listening to me when I'm coming home in a hypercritical mode and going, Oh, I'm you know <laughs> terrible at everything. But uh, you know, it's yeah. Always grow. And it's, you know, the brain is elastic, you know, it's, it can keep putting new things in and growing. And it's, you know, as we learn and grow new things, you know, learn new things, the next opportunities open, you know, kind of like a fan, you know, it's, it's not a mm-hmm. one line deal. So I, yeah, I, I totally got away from the original question. I'll do that. <laughs> no, I love it, Ben. This is great. You're sharing such good wisdom here. So tell me a little bit. So folks come to you often because they've heard about your work in headshots. Typically, why do business owners turn to you or what are they, why are they looking for headshots? Typically, why is that needed? anymore, you know, in the, we are all our own little media company. I, we're all, especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, we are out there every single day. Our faces are out there. We're, you know, I'm the, the solopreneur, the face of my company, mm-hmm. you know, so we have to be the face of it. 
you know, and you think through, you know, social media, so, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, all the other social media places, your websites, your, you know, I mean, if you, you could drive around town today and actually, you know, do it, drive around and count how many headshots you see on billboards and bus benches mm. and buses and they're everywhere. So it's like, we are the faces of those companies. So, you know, people need to need them to present themselves as a brand, um, then it comes down to, are they getting good ones? Which is a completely different question, but it really comes down to we're marketing our media company. Okay. Love it. So what is the difference then in your experience? What makes one headshot a quality good headshot versus another one? Not so much. So just kind of educate us here a little bit. It's a uh, connection and, and realness. You know, it's, you know, if you, we're all trained from a young age, you know, to somebody points a camera at us and, you know, we, we, you know, cheese smile and, you know, the, the big cheesy stuff and nobody. So anybody that comes to me and says, I'm not photogenic or whatever, that's what they've dealt with their entire. And that's how they see themselves in photos, which is not how they see themselves in the mirror or see themselves in their head, you know, as we all have a vision of what we look like in our head, which may or may not be reality. And so a, a great headshot or a portrait or whatever, it has to embody the realness of that human being. The person needs to feel confident and they need to feel approachable. You know, it's, if you have a big fake smile and you look overly eager in your branding images and would you want to do business with somebody who's you know you know going hey come buy this thing you know or would you want to do business with somebody who's like confident and you go oh i feel safe with it and here's a great example um several years ago i was researching marketing companies and um there was i went to one website and all of the people who and i don't remember which marketing company so i totally can't trash them and not that I would, but like I, you know, <laughs> um, but like I'm scrolling through the site and there's images of the people who run the business, the higher ups. Mm -hmm. And they're, they all looked highly uncomfortable and freaked out in front of the camera. And wow. I my first thought was if you can't represent yourself better than that, what are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. And so I, I went away from the site and, but it, and it took me, you know, a snap to make that decision. And people are doing the same thing with your images on social and on your website. If you look uncomfortable, they feel it. Wow. So, you know, when you and I met, so I don't know what, four, six weeks ago, I actually got to meet Ben for the first time. I went down and met him at his studio and his studio is fantastic, by the way. I mean, when I picture in my mind what a photography studio looks like, it's Ben's studio. So if you ever get a chance or want to work with him for a headshot or his portrait business or whatever, you will be amazed when you visit his office because it is just fantastic. Um, so I made the mistake, Ben, I don't know if you remember, but towards the end of our conversation, I said, well, I'm just not very photogenic. And you went through and said, oh, and your face got kind of flushed. And you're like, okay, well, let me tell you. You know, it's kind of my job as a professional photographer to bring out 
you and to make you feel comfortable to help you get in that situation to where you're going to look good. You're going to be authentic on camera. And that was a real paradigm shift, Ben, actually, when you educated me on that and shared with me more of your perspective. And I've actually told a few people about that interaction and just shared just the quality, I think, of work that you do because of the perspective that you bring, because we're all unique individuals and we are all made to do great things. And when you can catch capture that essence of that unique individual and making them look comfortable, that's what it's all about. So you expressing that and sharing that with me is was a real game changer from that standpoint. So I'm going to assume then that some people are just more comfortable in front of a camera than others. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. I mean, everybody's got different levels of comfort and no two people that come to the studio are, are the same, you know? So like there, Mm -hmm. there's not necessarily a cookie cutter formula and somebody comes in and I go, okay, I do this step, this step, this step, this step. I've got to get to, and so Yes, some people are more comfortable than others, uh, but it's my job as well to figure that out. So, like the okay. from the moment that I, if I have a phone conversation with somebody, or from the minute they walk in the door, I'm sizing them up immediately and okay. figuring out what their comfort level is and how I need to coach and guide them to to get to those real moments. Uh, Peter, my mentor, actually has a great saying. He's like, you know, I'm 90% therapist, I'm 10% photographer. Wow. And it's, you know, and I, I think that's really true. Okay. So then, Ben, with your process, if somebody wants to schedule a headshot with you, do you do like a 15 to 20 minute like conversation ahead of time just to get to know them, to size them up? So when they come to the studio, you're prepared? Or what is your process for that? I'm happy to do that. If, if people want to chat with me, you know, I, if people want to come hang out in the studio beforehand and check it out, I'm fine with that. Um, 99% of the time, most of it for headshots just happens over email. You know, I'll, okay. I'll get an email for, or, you know, they use my online scheduler and I don't see them or know anything okay. about them in, until they walk in the door. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So, Typically, if a person is coming to you to get a headshot, what do you do to help prepare them in terms of, you know, what do they need to wear? What do they need to bring? What do you do to educate them to make sure that the time with you is successful and that they're prepared for the headshot? So I've got in various stages of email, like once we're going through contracts and invoices and all of that goodness, um, there is some guidance on clothing uh, there okay. on you know what to wear, what to bring, and um, then there's also I've got blogs on the website that go through that sort of thing as well, and I have links to all of those in those emails. Okay. Um, you know, rarely does somebody show up to a headshot session unprepared. Um, actually, I really can't. I can only think of one instance where somebody showed up completely unprepared and I had clothing here that worked on them. So we made it work. <laughs> oh, wow. Got it. Got it. Well, I was going to say, you haven't done a headshot for me yet, Ben. So I, I could still beat out one. Just, uh, come on, bring it. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like then um, you've really done a good job of leveraging your website, your email communication, 
for what it's really intended to be, and that's an information hub. So why don't you tell the folks listening where they can go to get more information, both about your headshots and also some of the resources you've shared here uh, to help make their headshot process a lot easier. Where can they go for that? So for headshot information, the the best resource in Louisville, cheap plug, is uh, benmarkham.com. Uh, okay. I've got a, a website, benmarkham.com is dedicated to my headshot work. Um, we were talking the other day, I, I do two different things now where I do, uh, I'm doing headshots, but then I've also, I'm doing fine art portraiture as well. And I've separated mm-hmm. out those two websites so as not to confuse people going mm-hmm. to either because they're very different fields. Uh, but if you go to benmarkham.com and you can click on the blog resources and there's all sorts of articles there and you can always email me, uh, info at benmarkham.com, you know, and then, you know, all my social media stuff, which I don't know, we'll, we'll get to that, I guess. I don't know. And it was, so there's links on your website, to all the social media stuff, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So if they just go to benmarkham.com, they're going to find everything they need to touch base with you in resources we've talked about here today. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I really want to dig in a little bit. Um, so regarding the other side of business that you've started doing the portraits, because I remember walking into your studio and I saw some of the um, portraits that were on the wall. And I think I asked you, I'm like, are those pictures or are those paintings? Because some of them look like paintings. I mean, it was amazing. So tell me a little bit about this new line of work you're doing and what got you interested in pursuing that? Um, it, it's something that's always, inter- you know, the big oil paintings and portraits of people, it, it's always interested me. Um, from when I was a, a wee young lad, my mom worked at Kentucky Opera. And at that point in time, Kentucky Opera's office buildings were at the Brennan House, uh, which is an old Victorian mansion. A lot of the Brennan's things were still there. Well, it, it was a fully decked out Victorian house. Uh, and I always, you know, even from the young age, I remember being really just kind of captivated by the big oil paintings of people. And it's the family. Like, they they decorated the house with portraits of the family, which I, I loved as opposed to, you know, a, a bulk rate kind of art that you can buy at Target and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that they had Targets when the Brennans were doing that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, as I as the headshot business was growing and doing its thing, and I loved doing it, I also wanted to be doing something else kind of fun and could bring people some joy. And so I started working with portraits, and it took me some time to land on exactly what my portrait style was. You know, it took experimentation and playing and trying things. And once I started doing some of the and for all of you just listening, not watching, it, to, it took me some time to land on the painterly thing. I'm finger quoting. Um, you know, and once I started doing that, I really just kind of fell in love with it. And then, you know, people started seeing it and falling in love with it. And my brain went, why not get, you know, create art for people? for their homes, either solo portraits of people or portraits with their family or whatever that can take their breath away every time they, they walk into the living room or if it's more intimate photos when they're, you know, viewing them by themselves or with their special someone or whatever, but creating portraits for people 
that are more than just seeing it on Instagram but are something that become valuable the way family portraits used to be, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I even think back to like just portraits of my, you know, I just got, uh, my grandmother's senior portrait. Um, you know, that's valuable to me and it's not on a phone, you know, it's in a frame and, you know, so I, I, I want to bring that value back to it and that there's a feeling when you see it too, that you just don't get, um, you know, I just framed a, a client's photo the other day and I walked into my lobby and was like, oh, wow. You know, so like if it's doing it for me, it's like I want other sure. people to have that. So, yeah. Yeah. So been doing this level of photography here, obviously there's great skill from you behind the camera in terms of the lighting, the angles, the postures and stuff like that. So you bring that level of expertise. But then in order to make the portraits look like they look, is there a special process that happens behind the scenes or special printing methodology that makes the images look like that as well? I mean, obviously it starts with the quality of the image that you capture, but is there a process that happens to give it that look and feel? A lot of it is really done in the foundation with the lighting and it's how you're moving and shaping light and shadows and, um, the size of the light and, you know, uh, all the, you know, I won't go uber technical there. Some of it is definitely done in Photoshop. You know, there's some techniques that we're using that I'm using, um, that, you know, the, the old masters would have used of building up with, you know, with light and shadow and with color in very subtle ways to bring an image out. Um, so it's, while I'm not doing it with a paintbrush, I'm doing it in post to kind of elevate it to that next level finger quoting again to the OZU listening. Sure. Okay. And then um, also when I remember coming to your studio, some of the sample portraits you had up there, the framing on them was just exquisite. And I think both the lighting and the framing shining on the images when you're looking at them makes a difference. Now, did I read somewhere over the last, couple weeks that you got a new partnership with a framing shop or you're doing something special with that i have i've uh, i've partnershiped i've i've partnershiped good english first thing this morning um i have partnered with brownsboro framing um okay. to uh and they're they're doing a special discount for me and and my clients to uh to help people, you know, cause framing can be a little bit pricey. So we're getting okay. a little bit of a discount for them. Wow. And I've got, um, some samples in the studio of some of my favorite frames. So if people are buying portraits here, we can go ahead and take care of that. I'll get it over to the framer and get it taken care of. Uh, but then if they don't like the frames that I've got here, they can go to Brownsboro with my information okay. and, uh, that will help them get that discount as well. Uh, but a lot of that, you know, my wife and I were talking about it a couple months ago and it's like, you know, what can make an, an image art versus just make it just another image. And part of what we landed on is it's also how you treat it. And so, you know, if you, if you just take an image and it just, you know, put under a bed or stuck in an album or something somewhere where you don't get to experience it regularly, it can still be a lovely photo, but if you're not seeing it, you're not going to, have that emotional response, which Mm -hmm. I think all art does 
have some sort of emotional component to it. If you take a portrait or anything and you, let's for this argument, you say, you know, you frame it beautifully and present it beautifully. It takes on uh, another feeling with you and it's, it becomes more special. And I think that emotion is what actually makes the art. Um, you know, I often use the, um, the fine dining, um, uh, analogy where like uh, a five-star chef could take just a handful of food and throw uh, the, the best food on the planet and just kind of messily throw it on a plate and it's not going to look as appetizing. They right. stack it and present it beautifully. And now your brain goes, Oh, that's going to be wonderful. So it's a, it, it's, you know, treating the things as special objects. Sure. And, you know, that perspective that you have, too, is, I think, one of the unique things that you really bring to your craft. And that is that you understand it's more than just taking a picture, the art behind it and the emotion behind it and what it really means. And I think that that perspective on that is one of the things that allows you to be so effective at what you do, because you understand that in many cases, it's much more than just a picture, because right now. I'm recording this Zoom webinar thing on my iPhone. I mean, even just to think five or six years, this would not have been possible. So everybody today can be a photographer if they want to be, but that doesn't mean that there is an elite level of skill like what you bring to the table. And of course you're using equipment that's way beyond what an iPhone can do too. (laughs) But it's, you know, I, even like uh, good cameras have gotten really affordable, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, my, my camera doesn't do the work any more than a chef's stove is doing his work. You know, it's, so it, it's certainly not the camera. It's, it's the eye and the feeling that a photographer brings to it. And I've had that conversation with other headshot photographers, Um, Because, you know, being a member of Headshot Crew and being a mentor there, a lot of us are shooting the same style and similar setups. And it's like, I could, I could go and I could set up somebody's light and dial in their camera to my settings and get it all set up and let somebody else step to my camera and they will never take the same shot that I take Mm. the same way that I'll never take the same shot that they take because there's a, there's a lot going on with how I see the person in front of it and how I interact with them. So it's there, there's a lot more involved than just hitting the shutter and um, which, you know, also makes it way more interesting. You know, if we could, if every photographer could go out there and just, you know, uh, factory hit the same photo, it would be a really boring world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. So Tell me this. So you have done a really good job of building up the headshot side of your business and what you're most known for. So has it been challenging to try and spin up this other area of your business where you're doing more of the portraits and artistic side of things? Tell me a little bit about what that journey has been like. Uh, it's, it's in process. You know, it's relatively new that I actually just really started pushing it. You know, it's been a a nugget of an idea in the back of my head for a while, but you know, I just finally took the step. And in a lot of ways, it's like starting up a new business inside my business. You know, it's the, the headshot thing is great and, and I love it and it, but I'm established there. Um, so now doing the portrait thing, it's, for lack of better terminology, I feel like I'm in an education 
um, place with the community because people don't know that what I do is something that they can have or, you know, the feeling of, Oh, that's not for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in reality it's for everybody. Um, So it's, it's getting the work in front of people, you know, and rebuilding websites and then changing up the look of social media. And, yeah. um, I'm, I'm actually fiddling with the website right now. So for the past couple of days, if you'd been here, you'd see me banging my head into a screen going, why aren't you bending to my will? Um, <laughs> so there's a few more days of that. Um, so it's, it's challenging, but exciting at the same sure. time, you know, um, you know, just letting people know that it's a thing that you can, you can have art and it, that art can be you. And there's nothing yeah. vain about that. There's nothing, um, you know, and that's, that's one of the big things people say, Oh, people think I'm vain. As I, if I have a portrait of myself and to which a, I go, they're not thinking about you that much. And B, if they are, let them think what they're going to think. Do you love it? And does it bring you joy? And if that, right. if it does those things, who cares? You know, sure. it's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things you said, what a neat position that you are in as you're starting up the portrait side of your business, as you said, a business within the business, because you've got your core business with the headshot. So you've got that there and it really gives you almost a level of freedom and flexibility to go out there and really try new things and experiment with new things and go along the journey and so in a way, it is a new startup, but in a sense, it's not because you've still got this other foundation that you can apply to it. So, you know, I would say that that would be, to me, that would seem like it'd be a lot of fun because you can apply some new creativity, some new energy and try some new things. And I would assume, too, that in many cases, is there some crossover in terms of the folks you're serving for the headshots versus the other photography work or is there or is there a pretty clear distinction between who needs both there there can be a little bit of crossover in a couple different ways i mean it's you know i do get you know people who will come in and they'll see the the portraits hanging here and they go oh those are paintings and then we you know we get into the conversation of you know if you're looking for a great gift for you know, mm. wife, mom, kids, dad, you know, whatever, this is something that you can do for either portraits of you for them or you buying sessions for them. Cause it's a whole experience when you're in here with a portrait thing and I've got professional makeup artists and we're just, it's really, I, I laugh all day. you know, good time. There, you know, for some people I want a headshot They're like, I just need something for LinkedIn and my profile picture and I'm good. And then there are uh, other people who go, well, I'm, I need some different branding stuff. I need some, you know, portraiture type things for my Instagram or for different versions of, um, you know, different places on the website or, you know, it's so things that in, it bring a little bit more personality, not personality. That's the wrong word. I get personality and everything. Um, <laughs> but, but bring like different aspects of what they do or different feelings to yeah. it. So it's more, you know, a little bit more, por- it, it tends to not be as stylized as my portrait portrait work, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, those shots tend to feel more it's like something you would see, um, you know, in a, uh, in magazine-y type stuff, at least my versions of it okay. do. Like it, it feels like something that you could open a magazine and go, oh, and it, so it's still professional and polished, but not as stylized. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. So Ben, if someone wants more information um, about the headshots, they go to benmarkham.com. Mm-hmm. Where would they go to learn more information about the work you do with the portrait photography? Um, I That one is benmarkhamportraits.com. Okay. Uh, I kept it really simple so I could remember it. Um, <laughs> eventually, those two sites may merge, but that's probably a little down the way. Uh, for okay. So for now, I have those two um, separated out, but it's all the, all the social is still the same. So, you know, Instagram is is still at Ben Markham photo. Facebook is at Ben Markham photography. I have a Twitter. I just don't really use it unless I'm trying to talk to pro wrestlers. Um, (laughs) pro wrestlers. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I'm a, uh, I've been a fan since I was uh, a wee young lad. So, Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. You know, some of my most endearing moments when I was growing up, seriously, is my grandmother taking me to WCW wrestling events. It was all about <laughs> Sting, Ric Flair. Were you a fan in those days? Oh, oh yeah. Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and still a fan. Um, my, my wife is convinced that I have forgotten many important things like our anniversary, uh, so that I can keep pro wrestling knowledge stuck in there. Um, I have not forgotten our anniversary. I, I know when her birthday is so, but she's You're like, what's good. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a. I there is a lot of useless pro, pro wrestling knowledge rolling around in my head, and I actually before so, doing this video, like there there's there is a luchador mask on the shelf that I took down, and there's a <laughs> there is a title belt back there somewhere. Um, the the luchador mask was given to me by the assassin uh, when I photographed uh, a bunch of the wrestlers from Ohio Valley Wrestling for Louisville Magazine. Wow! So, How about I, uh, that? Yeah. But I got to leave you this story. Do you remember Lex Luger back in yeah. the day? Okay. So, so I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina in WCW King. And I mean, let's talk about dating yourself earlier. My goodness, this must have been like early 90s, right? I mean, maybe even before that. But they were there and it was a big event. And it was actually on TV. So back in the day when it was like Thursday Night Raw or whatever was on TV, it was a big deal. So... Luger came out. He had just finished a match with Sting, and we had ringside tickets, and he actually gave me a high five. I could not believe that Lex Luger actually gave me a high five. And I remember telling my grandmother, I am not washing my hands because (laughs) Lex Luger touched me. And it was just like, thinking back on that, it was just like, wow. So So you've, you've washed that hand since then. Oh, yo, many times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. It's, it's green. It's amazing. <laughs> so, well, anyway, well, Ben, we are nearing the end of our time here, but um, I just wanted to thank you so much. This interview has been a ton of fun. Um, you shared some great wisdom about what it really takes to create a great headshot or what goes on behind the scenes with the photographer to create the... Um, the portrait that the person's looking for. So I really appreciate sharing that. 
Um, and so in the show notes on the podcast and also in the video link on the YouTube video, I will make sure that I'm including links to your website and making it easy for people to contact you if they want to schedule a headshot or a portrait with you. So any closing thoughts here on the podcast here today? Um, I, one thing that, and I do want to touch on briefly, we, we talked about it briefly yesterday, um, is when you're looking at headshot pricing out there, y'all, it, it is one of those things that you get what you pay for. Um, so I, and we were, and Adam and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone, you know, I am probably one of the more expensive headshot photographers in town. Um, and that's okay. It's you, I, I, with any specialty, you get what you pay for. And, um, you know, like a lot of the, I, the analogy I like, uh, is like, you wouldn't necessarily want to hire a divorce lawyer to do your personal injury case. So (laughs) you wouldn't want to necessarily hire me to do your wedding. So it's, Mm. we, we can all do various things, but a lot of us specialize and train. So when you're, when you're looking at your marketing and your branding and those things, look for people who specialize. It, it makes a difference in the quality that you get and can ultimately affect your bottom line later. Sure. Gotcha. You know, Ben, you say that reminded me of what happened to me earlier this week. So uh, for those of you that listened to a couple of podcasts ago, it was me about my experience of trying to change the inner workings of my toilets in my home because we had some leaks and we had a water bill that doubled. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm not a very handy person, but I thought I could do this on my own, go down the inexpensive route. Well, I'm going to say I probably have about 12 hours into trying to change the guts of these three toilets. And what happened earlier this week, unbeknownst to me, I did something very wrong that had I just paid the plumber to come out and do it, it would have cost me a lot or it would have saved me a whole lot of time and heartache and stuff. So Ben, to your point that quality is one of those things that's so important. So you may be the most expensive in Louisville, but I can guarantee it based on what you shared with me, the experience and the quality and what they're going to get is going to be unmatched. And I love the fact from the business perspective that you're not even competing on price. You're competing on the quality and the service you provide. And I think that's a strategy for winning in business anyway. And you're yeah. there. And thank you. I was going to, I told you I was going to tell the JC Penney story. So this one's funny and then I'll stop talking. So a couple years ago, I, I had a gentleman reach out to me for headshots. We went through pricing And he decided that I was too expensive, which is fine. That's not a big deal. So he went to JCPenney because he was like, it's just a headshot. It's fine. Um, Went to JCPenney. And when he finished his session there, he got to his car in the parking lot and he called me and he said, okay, I'm in a bind. Like I need this yesterday and I can't use these shots. And I happened to be available that afternoon. So we brought him in and got him much better stuff. There's actually a blog about it on the website. And he gave me the there's he gave me the JC Penny shots. So they're both there. Um, you know, and just talking, you know, the the people at JC Penny, I'm sure, are lovely, but they're also not trained photographers. They're people who are, you know, trained to, you know, press a button and um, you know. So it was, it was actually really funny and he was very happy now and his headshots got him the work that he was looking for. So, well, they didn't get it, but they helped him feel more confident going forward to do it. So 
Sure. Um, yeah. So long story short, Ben, you get what you pay for, right? You get what you pay for. Absolutely. And like, if you want the best headshot photographer or portrait photographer in Louisville, you need to go talk to this guy. Why? So, thank you. You're welcome. Well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed all of our conversations. I think that the folks listening or watching this have enjoyed it very much as well. So thank you for your time today. My pleasure. And if anybody has questions after this, feel free to hit me up. Or uh, if it's happening in the group, if people want to tag me in there and ask questions, I'm happy to answer anything that I can. Great. Very good. All right, folks. Well, Ben, thank you. And for those of you that were listening to our podcast today live, thank you for being a guest. If you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, thank you very much. If you have any questions or comments for myself or Ben, please leave them down in the notes. Otherwise, everyone else have a fantastic day today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. You're very welcome. Thank you.